All right, guys. Missing at 5280 time. Bree here. I think I have a good one for you. Good one, meaning I think it's very solvable. Uh, maybe not tomorrow or the next day, but I think it does have potential to be solved. It's kind of frustrating, um, but there's some good details and tips that have happened over the last few years. I just hope they kind of spark again, and that's what we're here for, right? So I hope it gets solved. I hope other cases then get solved along with it. I think it could bring up a lot of different other kinds of missing cases. So we have here the 2016 uh, disappearance of Lashea Stein. Okay, so it's 2016. Lashea lives with her mom and her brothers in Aurora. She goes to George Washington High School. She's on the honor roll. A great student all around, good friend, great girl, and actually recently got a, an internship. And so she was just really on the right track. She wanted to study nursing when she went to college. And so on July 15th, 2016, she was getting ready and looking forward to a job interview at 1 p.m. the next day. So her family's up late. They're kind of getting ready for her interview, you know, regular family kind of bedtime routines. Um, and when her mom, Sabrina Jones, went to bed that night, that's the last time she would see her daughter. So the next morning, they're all getting ready for their day and they realize Lachey is not upstairs. She's not um, kind of, there's no movement from her room. She's not in the shower. She's not getting dressed. So her mom texts her a few times and um, just says, dude, like, Hurry up, we got you gotta get ready for, for school and your interview and stuff, but she doesn't get any answer back. So she sends her one of her brothers down there to the basement to where her room is, and he comes back upstairs. He's like, Mom, she's not around. Like I checked the whole basement, she's not here. So they start calling her phone. They're like blowing up her phone. And her mom says in a prior interview, um, on the third try, the call went right to voicemail, like it had been shut off or was maybe not in service, um, just really fishy. So her mom contacts the police right away, the Aurora PD. And originally, because of the original details of the case, right, like she's not here, she has an interview today, we don't know where she is, her phone's not working, it's just labeled as a runaway case for the few first few weeks, actually, which is quite common when they don't have a lot of information. But obviously her parents, her family and her mom, like they don't, they don't go for that. It's not like her. So when her mom reports her missing, it gets labeled as a runaway case. Um, but the police aren't really going to do anything about it for a while until more information starts coming in. So her family and friends around the neighborhood really start the initial investigation. So they continue to try and get a hold of her through social media, through her phone. They even try and get into her phone and track it. But they can see kind of where it's only where it's been on, but can't initially like pinpoint the exact location and like when it got shot off or what's happening with the phone. And then they realize that she has absolutely no presence on social media accounts. And she's 16. So, I mean, I'm 30. And I like my social media, right? So any teenager is going to have a pretty strong presence on social media and there's nothing. They just ghost it. So 
they canvass the neighborhoods all around there. They go up and down Colfax, um, putting up flyers and talking to the news, the local newspapers. I mean, PDs in the area, they, they do everything. They start the initial investigation. Um, and they do eventually do, do do a video and flyer with the PD asking for information. It's got all of her traits and characteristics characteristics on it and then obviously asking for her safe return that her family misses her they want her home um but it's not really until a week or so later when the police police chief comes back from vacation the aurora pd police chief says hey i've looked at this case this doesn't sound like a runaway so officers go back to the family home and search um look at her room and they find her stuff still there. Her clothes, you know, her her favorite clothes that she would take anywhere with her if she's going anywhere overnight, um, especially more than a few nights. Her phone charger is still there. Her wallet is still at home. You know, main things that you're going to need wherever you go, right? So these details alone really don't make it a typical quote-unquote runaway case anybody's gonna take those those things with them wherever they go so they look again through her room and the window so when her mom realizes that she's gone she notices that her window is unlocked so Lachea's room is in the basement and has a window well so in order to get out through her room she would need to open the window, crawl out the window, go up the window well, and there's like a window well cover or like grate on top of it. And then later we find out there's like a big potted plant that sits on top of that. So the window is unlocked. The grate, you can't really tell if it's been like moved or whatever, but they know she didn't go out the front door. Um, So she's obviously gone out her window in hopes of returning, you know, later that night because it's left unlocked for her. So, again, these details are, along with all of her stuff still sitting in her room, all these details kind of start stacking. It just looks suspicious. So, later, her mom puts together a theory that maybe she did try to come back through the window in the middle of the night. So, this would have been about like 2, 2.30 in the morning, So maybe hours later, she tried to come back home through the same window into her room, but maybe couldn't move the grate. Maybe it was too heavy this time or whatever. So she decides to then go back to wherever she was. I'm not quite sure how I feel about this theory. I think it's probably an option, but um, more on that a little bit later. So during this next part of searching her room and looking at the window well and whatnot, police actually actually found surveillance of her the night she went missing. So 2.30 a.m., she is seen walking near East Montview Boulevard in Peoria. And she's got on like a hoodie with some sequins on it, capri pants, um, doesn't like carrying anything, um, there's a car that kind of pulls up by her, but you can't really see much of their interaction. And it's a pretty short little surveillance video. So they let mom and family know about this, and it kind of solidifies Sabrina's, her mom's 
kind of hunch that she went somewhere. She went somewhere to meet somebody. And initially, they thought maybe it was her ex-boyfriend. Um, so they start talking to her normal friends that she hangs out with at high school. Um, and the boyfriend. And they even get into his phone and track his movements. And they don't find anything. Um, he hasn't seen her for the last... Um, in the last, like, more than a week prior to the 15th. So that kind of rules him out. There's there's nothing there. And especially since she's got her clothes and stuff still in her room, she's going over to a known friend's house or her boyfriend's or whatever. Again, you think you would at least take your wallet and your phone charger, right? So when they start talking to known friends, family, people in the neighborhood, they're starting to get tips from other random people. So on the flyers, right, there's identifying information and numbers to call, right, if you have any tips, information, whatnot. So they're getting information from people they've never heard of. So Sabrina's mom is confused by people that call in and she's never heard of these people. Lachey has never talked about them, has never made any indication that she knows these other people and they're reporting like oh I saw her at this bus stop I saw her you know at a, a motel on Colfax I saw her walking up and down Colfax or just kind of in seedy areas which is also not like her either so again family police now they start doing even more canvassing and looking for her and trying to find out if they spotted somebody similar in height, weight, right, hair, identifying things, and seeing if it goes anywhere. So with some of these tips, especially around some of these areas and seeing her up and down um, Colfax at like random bus stops, hotels, they're thinking maybe she might be um, being trafficked which is a pretty heavy thing to hear from somebody, to hear from law enforcement, to hear as a tip, as anything. It's pretty serious. So, and some of these tips then start to get a little bit more detailed, where she's maybe with a female that might be known to be with other females that are being trafficked or... um a certain man at various locations in town that may be known in certain rings. So again, that's just more points um, on the kind of human trafficking scale. So afterwards, with this information, they figure out that they've got to do maybe some undercover work to get more information because the tips are very short they're not really leading anywhere um and a lot of people when you need more information from them they're finding like if they they hang up they don't want to give the information anymore you know whether they're you know they're not giving their name or anything but then they get scared and again all pointing to human trafficking so they have several under uh, undercover things that pd does with Lachea's mom um they actually did have a um, informant with a pimp in the Aurora area that offered to help get her back. But 
the pimp kept reporting that she's under constant surveillance by this certain man that's keeping her. So she's sometimes with a female, but then they're likely to be going back to, you know, wherever they're staying or whatnot to this man. So the man is kind of the ring leader and they've got a really, really tight hold on Lachea. So that option with the pimp that knew something was kind of short-lived. It didn't really plan out. They got a little bit of information, maybe his name. Um, They know it might start with the letter D, but it didn't really go anywhere. So not long after that, another random call came to Sabrina that somebody had seen her at another motel. So Sabrina calls PD and says, maybe this is it. It kind of fits all of the tips that we're getting. Um, There's another female with her. People are kind of in and out of this motel room. Let's go check it out. So the police arrive. Family and friends are kind of off at another location, ready to be there should Lachea be found. But they get inside the room, and the room's empty, but there's obviously been somebody in the room, people in the room. There's female clothing, like young lady clothing, right? That would fit her. Um, that's something that maybe she would wear, another teenager. And it's kind of snatched in like random corners of the room, which is odd. So later she finds out, so somebody tells a friend of Sabrina's and then gets it to Sabrina that word got out maybe that they're watching the place, that they're trying to find Lachea and these people or person moved Lachea to the motel across the street, walked into another hotel room, and then got her into a blue SUV, and they were gone, all within five minutes before the police got there to raid the room. So they were five minutes away. I mean, literally like inches away, possibly, from finding her. So frustrating. So in the beginning, they get they get tips daily, you know, every other day. And then it's a long time. It'll, you have stretches of months. So this is probably going into, you know, 2017 at this point, mid-2017, where you get months of nothing. And then it would start up again. Again, which points to the trafficking. So it's likely that in that time where you don't hear from anybody, no tips are coming in that, the, that she's likely out of state. So from the information that they can gather, like she's probably in in and out of Kansas, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, right? Surrounding states. And then one day the tips just stop. So again, kind of late 2017, not a lot is happening with the investigation. Then a young woman comes to an outreach center for women and girls who have escaped trafficking and reports that you know she's been trafficked this is what's been happening and that hey I've been with Lachea I know she's missing around here Um, I know who she's with I know where she is I know what's happening so the outreach center is actually like a mile from Sabrina and Lachea's home what are the oh my god I can't talk (laughs) I'm into this story guys geez I can't talk right now so Like, what are the odds that that happens? That this person, like a random person, has been maybe with her this whole time now, you know, going on a couple of years almost at this point. But because it's, 
you know, I'm assuming an outreach center, like a safe house, that's all confidential, even for law enforcement. So it takes a while for this information to be released to law enforcement for this other woman's safety and to find Lachea. So then eventually it gets to Sabrina and this other woman, again, sounds like she's got quite a bit of information, but, and other leads to who she may be with, other men involved, other places involved, people involved. But when they would get farther into contacting some of these people, even with the smallest amount of information, it wouldn't go anywhere. They're terrified to give any information on the situation, on this man, on Lachea, because it's scary. It's very, very serious, and you think how quickly they moved her from the hotel. You think how how quickly something bad could happen if, if information gets out that you're trying to help her or, right, tell on him, right, in some way. So it's, you feel so frustrated that they're so close to her, so close to finding her and getting information and really saving her and probably other people. But nobody is willing to kind of give anything up, probably for safety reasons. And it's it's crazy to think that this year would be four years since she got, she went missing. So she would be 20 years old, actually. Um, and now based on some of the trafficking research out there and kind of what the, her family has known, what, you know, PD has known, has, has learned that she probably looks quite a bit different from when she went missing. So actually in 2019, about a year ago, they did, the police department did do a new like flyer for her. Um, the FBI has been involved now for quite a while. And then they did a new sketch of her to show what she would look like now which I think that technology um is is kind of cool those age progression photos um but it's also kind of sad to have one because it's it's just been so long with nothing new they're still kind of going off of the same information so at the time of her dis- disappearance, she was about 150 pounds. Now she's said to be at a- about 120 pounds, especially from some of the tips um, where people have said they've seen her. Um, she also might be wearing a straight wig, um, so not curly hair or anything like that. And she might have a different name um, or being told that she needs to use a different name. And what I think is interesting, I heard this in an interview with her mom that she could also be being made to give a story. So say she's, you know, she runs it to somebody at a restaurant or something like, oh, why are you with this guy? You know, how are you? What's your story? She's been told to say, oh, he's my family. Um, I had to leave my mom because my mom's boyfriend had been molesting me for years and my mom got mad at me and kicked me out. And her mom, and obviously other friends and family, like, this is a total lie. And it, it, it it's hurtful. Um, her mom says she hasn't been with a guy since her ex-husband. 
who hadn't really been around in 2016 and really hasn't lived in their home since like the early 2000s. So it's been a long time. Again, not true. It's not like her mom. It's not like Lachea at all. And just really speaks to the situation she's in. So if we kind of summarize a couple of these theories from what we know. I Again, I'm not, I'm not sold on her re- leaving at 2 o'clock in the morning and then coming home at some point to maybe, oh, crap, now I can't lift the gate up over the window well. I'm just going to go back to wherever I was. She's not that kind of girl. Even if she was sneaking out, which her mom said she had done before, but it was very minor, it doesn't seem like she'd be scared to say, I messed up, I snuck out, you know, I was with a friend, whatever. Now I can't get back in my room, I can't get in the house. I'm gonna have to call my mom, I have to call one of my brothers, and they can let me in the front door. And she, like, she'll take the heat for it. I Just with her, she's on the honor roll, very close to her family. I don't see her doing that, if that makes sense. Um, so I'm not sold on that one. The main theory, obviously, is the human trafficking. And a lot of evidence points to this. And the circumstances are very, very similar to other human trafficking cases. And so I help with the victim impact panels for my job. Um, and I've heard from the survivors themselves how these things happen and their stories and you know how many times it takes to reach out for help if they even can how long it takes you know how many times they may have to try to escape to get back home to be safe um they're they're impactful to listen to um especially when they're they're live right in front of you and you're listening to somebody tell their story it's it's quite powerful um the grooming process for these types of things occurs over a long time and they play on something that the other person wants or needs the vulnerabilities insecurities and sabrina herself said lachea was naive maybe more than most was her direct quote um, and they often talk talked about trafficking dangers as a family especially when you know one of the kids wanted to go out to a party like late at night um, or even just safety in the neighborhood. It's a very real concern, I think, for every family, no matter where you live, but especially in this time of, you know, the last handful of years, really all over the place. It's, it should be a real conversation that you're ha- ha- having as a family, right? No matter how old kids are. And Sabrina has talked about that in so many different interviews, um, so many different articles. This was a main conversation, um, which really, I think, spoke to how close they were, right? And how, you know, the kids were so smart. And, you know, she was, again, in the honor roll. And, but when the grooming takes over, and then finally, when the victim says, well, I don't know about this, I don't think this is safe, or I'm starting to see some red flags, they've already got a pretty good grasp over you. Um, so no matter how, you know, solid you think your brain is, you know, grooming and power and control and manipulation can still happen. I, you know, I wish some of these things were even taught to little kids, like grade school level. I think we could really do better as a society to fix some of these things. I don't like that word, but that's what I got for you right now. (laughs) 
So, like I said, she's probably looks a little bit different. Maybe wearing a wig, lost some weight. She's probably going by a different name or says she has to go by a different name. And then she's got the story about her mom's boyfriend. So, let me go over her identifying factors here. She has, again, was 150 pounds in July of 2016. She's more like 120 now. She's an African-American female, black hair, but likely wearing a wig now. Eyes brown, and then she's got this quarter-sized scar on her chest um, from where she was stung, her mom said, when she was a little kid. Um, So in some of these tips as well, a lot of people have seen that scar and it's probably likely to be her. And then they, they follow up on the tip, right? And they just can't get close to her, which is, is so frustrating. Her birthday is February 8th, 2000. So she would be 20 years old. She's been missing about four years now. And I've heard um, on a couple different articles that maybe the original reward for any information for the case was 4,000. I believe it's closer to 15 or is 15 now. I've seen a couple of different numbers. Um, and I, I found this uh, quote from her mom in the Denver Post a year ago with the age progression photo. It says, when a child dies and you know, you can start to heal. But when you don't know where she is and what she's going through, you're in a gray area. To me, that's worse than death. And what if we never know? And her mom and one of her brothers has a uh, hashtag find Lachea tattoo. So they have matching tattoos and try to keep her search alive. It's really kind of dwindled with some of the canvassing and flyers. But we know as of last year, there is a new photo, new flyers, and the FBI is involved as well. So if you have any info regarding Lachea and her case, you can call the Aurora, Aurora PD, 303-739-6164, or the Denver Crime Stoppers at 720-913-7867. Thanks.